The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Just want to let everybody know that on June 18th, we're dropping the Yeezus book, an illustrated narrative guide to Kanye West's sixth solo effort. It's featuring an in-depth look through the music, influence, themes, and production of one of the most hotly debated rap records of all time. It is a big, beautiful coffee table book that is really flashy and attention-grabbing and full of unique Yeezus-inspired art. It also, of course, has intense musical analysis written by myself and Chris Lambert of the Watching the Throne podcast, Donald Martin of The Most Unruly, and Martin Connor of Rap Analysis. You can find the book on KeenshotPress.com. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep it locked. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris. Ooh. <laughs> and my name is Travis Boy. And today we are going to be talking about a song called Yay versus the People, which I think we are both very excited to talk about. Yeah, this is our first new Kanye song in two years. So it's kind of. Yeesh. It's really nice, but on the other hand, it comes amid the most tumultuous times of being a Kanye fan. But I can't imagine it any other way, to be completely honest. Yeah, it just seems very, very fitting. I uh, I texted Chris earlier about this. Like, I, We had agreed to talk around 7, and I think I texted you around like 6. Um, I'm so excited to talk about this song. And at about 6.03, you called me. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're like, want to talk now? And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I'm doing shit. Leave me alone. <laughs> but like that's kind of the level we're on. Like we're always talk excited to talk about certain songs. Like when we got to like, you know, Bound 2 and Lost in the World, like I was ready to shit my pants and everything, but uh I, the fact that we have a new Kanye song and Kanye is part of the, you know, the zeitgeist and the conversation and everybody's talking about it like this is a special time. Yeah, I think we kind of took it for granted when we had the podcast and the life of Pablo came out. Absolutely. Like, at that point, Kanye had been on Twitter for a long time, and uh, we were still getting our footing as a podcast, and we are just kind of like, oh, well, great, it's a new album. We were little boys, we wanted to be big boys. (laughs) And now we're big boys, and we have to talk about (laughs) politics. Yeah, we sure do. Or do we? Maybe we need to have a conversation that's outside of politics. I like the free thinking that you're doing. (laughs) I'm not in a mental prison. Uh Uh-uh. Bringing that dragon energy. <laughs> uh, but this is going to be interesting because uh, if we had done this podcast the day after all the shit had happened with Kanye, and we'll get into all the tweets and everything, but if we had done our podcast the day after that, we'd be having a very different conversation. Like, I would be, 
you know, telling Ye to shut up and like to do things a different <laughs> way. And now we're going to have a conversation that's the exact opposite of that. Well, it it's there's a line in this song, not to kind of jump the gun, but it talks about you all been reading, you just reading the headlines, you don't see the fine prints. And I feel like that's kind of the divide that's occurred with the conversation surrounding uh, this era of Kanye on Twitter, <laughs> where, and that goes back to the first appeal towards Trump back in 2016, was that the headline was, I would have voted for Trump, and I liked Trump's campaign. But the details were that it wasn't about the politics of it. It was about the fact that Trump could become president, that people were communicating in a way that they hadn't in a long time because of Trump's blunt way of speaking. Right. Um, That we realized because Trump won that a lot of the country was angry and wasn't being able to voice it, and this was the result, and that people needed to talk with people. And... A lot of what's been going on with this current uh, drama regarding Kanye and politics has that very same thing going on to where people that are like nerding out over the specifics of what he's saying have a very different perspective on it than people that are just getting the general headlines. Right. And a big part of this, too, is just remembering... I just put it in the context of Kanye, which at some point you have to almost ignore what is normal, just like we do with Donald Trump. Like every politician and every person that's ever been normal, like forget it. Like he's not. So let's do the same with Kanye and remember the way he looks at things like this and the way he looks at the general conversation, the way people think about themselves. And really what Kanye is doing here isn't different from anything he's ever done which I think could be related to the fact that he calls himself the greatest musician in the world, the greatest artist, you know, the greatest rock star in the world, that all that all that shit he says. He's making that connection between Donald Trump and like everybody. He wants us to look, you know, past the politics and look at the man who defied all odds. He wants us to see that as a good thing. Just like, you know, Kanye defied all odds. Uh like nobody thought he could do what he thought he could do with rap. And no one thought he could start a new wave of hip hop, but he's done it like several times now. Um, I think by looking at people on that level, Kanye wants to encourage like a different kind of debate. He's challenging people to have a more substantial, engaged, empathetic discussion and actually think. And I, and I think the most important of all part of all this is that he's extending that invitation to Trump in a way. Like, I don't think any part of what Kanye's doing is endorsing Trump, just kind of like, you know, the the Sacramento speech. He was more about the the image of Trump and what Trump represented. Um, I think Kanye is refusing to call out Trump specifically because that's where people are getting tripped up. People are, you know, Kanye is making it about people and not politics. Yeah, everybody's been quick over the last few years to jump into you're right about this, you're wrong about this, you're right about this, you're wrong about this, into the politics of like, this is why we should do this, this is why we shouldn't do this. And it seems like what Ye wants to get away from is that, the specifics of it, and get more into just like, I love you. I Like, you have ideas, you have your way of thinking, like that's fine like i love you like do your best love other people and we're all going to be okay if that's the way that things 
are. It's taking it away from the specific kind of arguments about what's objectively correct and empowering like the individual perspective. Yeah. It, um, that fear and love context is great context for this song. The way Kanye uses fear and love, it's not like Kanye is saying like I love Trump and everything about him and all of his policies. To him, love is just like the willingness to have that conversation, and the fact that you don't want to have that conversation and tell Trump he's an idiot and a monster is the fear. Right, and there's something I think one of the nuances is that Kanye keeps talking about telling people that you hate or that you're mad at or that you're angry at that you love them. And it almost seems like there's another layer going on in the fact that he's just saying, I love Trump, which we do know that he admired Trump's campaign. We do know that he was excited to go meet with Trump and talk about policy. Like, I don't think that he hates and loathes Trump to that degree, but I do think that there's something kind of to the fact that he's been talking about, like, don't just say this to the people that you love, but say this to the people that you hate. Yes. And that he's been talking about love beyond Trump. It's not just, I love Trump and like, fuck everybody. It's, I love Trump. I love Jan Adams, who I thought for a while was the guy responsible for killing my mom. Uh, I love Candace Owens. I love Ebro. Like, I mm. love you and I love this. It's just, it's part of a pattern, not a individual thing right yeah and, and ultimately the most important thing here is Kanye is trying to facilitate a conversation which preview is the whole point of this song but um to take it like broad more broadly um and we write about this by the way in our Jesus book out june 18th um <laughs> the idea of the backfire effect and the how um preaching sadly this is just our reality preaching facts at people isn't something that changes their mind um but uh empathizing with people like sitting down to have a conversation with them is what does there there's this npr episode that talks about what's called the backfire effect and how this guy wanted to go to different communities and ask people why they voted against gay marriage and have a conversation with them like why would you do something like that like why do you not want gay people to have the same rights you do and he talks to this guy who voted against gay marriage, you know, a couple years earlier. And um, and he finds out that this guy lives across the street from a couple of lesbians. And he's actually friendly with the lesbians. And the guy was saying that, you know, like, I don't, I just don't, For it's the way I was raised. Like, it's the way I thought for a while. But now that I've gotten to know these people and um, the fact that they love each other. And this guy's wife had died years earlier. So a lot of his... Uh, in a way, he was taking that out on this idea of gay marriage. Like, he didn't... It, it was almost like a reaction. Like, I don't want these people to have what I don't have. But slowly over time, he realized, like, well, these people want to love their... This woman wants to love her wife as much as I want to love my wife. And I want to have that so bad. Like, why would I take that away from somebody? And he would have never realized any of that unless he had had the conversation. So really, that's the most important part here is... It doesn't really matter if you disagree with somebody because the fact that you're going to scream at somebody that they're wrong isn't going to change their mind. Like Historically, scientifically, it's just not how it works. It's better to just have the conversation no matter how fucking painful it is to put on that MAGA hat. At least you're you're having a conversation. And I think that gets with, I mean, experiences are more powerful than 
uh, facts, like just getting bullet points of things. Like it's one thing to hear statistics on homelessness. It's one thing to hear somebody lecture on homelessness. It's another if you got to go and had to spend a day uh, following a homeless person and seeing everything about what they had to do to make it through the day. Um, You have that experience, and you're going to come away with a whole other level of how you feel about a situation. And I think just to put this in context of with Kanye fans, it was one thing when Kanye was talking about loving Trump. It was another thing when people saw him in the MAGA hats. And the reaction that came from that was just a next level of visceral uh, outrage. Like, especially, I was on Twitter for like eight hours that day, <laughs> watching it unfold. You sure were. Yeah, and it was insane. Just the, the things people were saying, the like how betrayed <clears throat> they felt, how angry they were, how like the negativity that came pouring in. Like that negativity was already there when he was just talking about Trump or talking about Candace Owens. But it was volcanic when they saw him in the MAGA hat. And that just gets at the difference between uh, hearing, a, hearing details versus seeing a picture or getting a narrative or experiencing something yourself. Yeah. And that's a big... Again, I have my own personal problems with what Kanye is doing because... I do think there's importance in calling out people for horrible, horrendous polities that are xenophobic, racist, sexist, everything ist <laughs> besides humanist. Um, but I, I do think there's something admirable about what he's doing in the sense that he's willing to be a martyr. He's willing to put on that hat, a move nobody in his position would have the balls to do. I don't, if you want to call it having balls, I guess. No one would ever think to do something. And the fact that he did do it created that conversation. It's not about whether he's right or wrong. It's not about whether he's endorsing Trump or not endorsing Trump. The fact that he did it and not everybody's talking about it means that many more people are talking about it. Like, isn't that the whole point? He's facilitating the conversation. Like, one of the huge things to me is the fact that, like, there's no blueprint for the world. We have no fucking idea what's going to work or not work, uh, especially in the short term, much less the long term. Uh, you can have an idea of how something might go in politics, in life, a career plan, a life plan, but the reality often becomes much different. And the decisions that you thought you made that were good can end up being negative or having negative long-term results. Mm. And the same thing with the decisions that seemed like shitty things to do could end up having, in the end, long-term benefits. So I don't think there's a right or wrong way to try to engage politically, especially because Kanye's not coming at it from a negative place. He's coming at it from like wanting to try something different to spur conversation. And while people could decry that and demonize that uh, I don't necessarily think that he's wrong for trying especially when everything that we've done up to this point has led to this point exactly I think you're kind of hitting the nail on the head of that it's not about whether Kanye's right or wrong it's whether it's not about whether he's a fucking idiot or like a genius ahead of the time it's the fact that he's doing something um, and you know like 
that's that's ultimately it. Like it, it seems too simple to be true, but like that's it because you know people like you and me, even Chris, like are the reason Trump won because we were to use Connie's words in the mental prison in a way. You know, we ignored the fact that millions of people actually felt hurt by the government and by Obama's policies and by Democrats, and they felt Trump was the answer. And we had no idea like that was even reality. And I think that's kind of the key to the name of the song. It's not yay versus Trump. It's not yay versus Republicans. It's yay versus the people. It's yay versus a mindset that's crippling America and dividing us. And he's all about bringing us together for a more honest, sympathetic debate. Like, it's that simple. It doesn't matter if he's right or wrong. And this is a really crazy comparison to make, but there was a time in high school where I was, like, really interested in Nostradamus. I love your high school story. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought Nostradamus was the most fascinating thing. Like, this guy that was apparently, like, the last great's uh, potential prophets. Uh, Could he really predict what was going to happen? Um uh, were his prophecies going to come true? And a lot of the one of the main things that was used as a as a thing to debunk what Nostradamus said was that he talked about America would have another civil war uh, by like the millennium, mm. and we didn't have a civil war by the millennium. So at that time, people are just like, "Oh, see, Nostradamus was wrong," <laughs> which like I mean, somebody predicting the future. <laughs> is in itself at this point i guess this gets to my childlike creativity purity and honesty is no longer there because i'm just like nobody can do that um but we are in the midst of an existential kind of civil war um and i know political differences have long been a thing the world over but this is definitely the most intense i think that they've been in america uh since the civil war yeah. Oh, no. Maybe that's way too... I mean, the civil rights movement was insane. But we're definitely in the midst of something. For sure. Yeah, and I think... And again, this song... And we can get into maybe the song now. Like, this song really exemplifies that. that. That's kind of Kanye to a T. He's taking that whole idea, the fact that we should be having this conversation and, you know, making art out of it. Like, he actually has a song that's facilitating that conversation and challenging Kanye's points like it's almost like Kanye's arguing for his guilty conscience the whole song which makes me think of the Eminem song which one uh guilty conscious oh it's just like I'm your motherfucking conscious yo (laughs) um and just to look at the conversation thing real fast Kanye had a posted a text message she had received from some person named Steve And uh, Steve was taking the conservative viewpoint that Republicans were the ones that freed the slaves, Republicans were the ones who helped black people, and Democrats protected the rights of the slave owners, and that those are facts. And Kanye tweeted that, which seemed to... Because people are still really torn between, like, is Kanye actually conservative, or is this part of some larger scheme? So when he tweets that it starts to support the idea that like oh no Kanye is conservative we just saw him yesterday with Candace and Charlie Kirk uh so of course okay but then he uh shares text messages he received from John Legend and Charlemagne that are explaining how the party switched 
in the 60s after civil rights and that Steve is absolutely wrong. And later he shares text messages from Talib Kweli uh, saying the same thing, but then shares text messages from Steve coming back in and being like, they're wrong. Uh, And this is why. And it's like he's sharing both sides of the conversation and just letting us then go wild about it. And I mean, the one generated 849 comments, the other 769 comments. Um, Those were the two most recent ones. Uh, The Steve one generated 4.8 thousand comments. And the John Legend and Charlemagne generated 2.7 thousand comments. Like, that's a lot of people talking. Yeah, I mean, isn't that the whole point? Like, at first, we were like, what does Kanye believe? And then at some point, when Kanye never told us what he believes and just was showing both sides of the conversation, now how many more people are having that conversation? How many more people know of the two sides that are arguing for how the party switched or didn't switch or whatever? How many more people are educated on that and can now form a more uh, substantial, valid opinion on it? Like, all those people, millions of people who saw his tweets. I can tell you that in the 31 years I've been alive, I never once took time to research uh, the realignment of the parties and yeah. why that happened. I know I was probably taught about it at some points. For sure. But, uh, no, actually, in my AP government class, we didn't make it beyond 1890s. <laughs> so, never got to there. <laughs> Yeah, and um, I only know about it, like, loosely. Like, I wouldn't be able to really educate you or explain it. No, but now I can very easily. I've been explaining. I read. I spent, like, two hours reading about it just so I could tell people on Twitter that they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's just really important to remember here is maybe Kanye is wrong about it. Like, maybe this isn't the right approach. Maybe he should be calling out Trump. Maybe that's a responsible thing to do. But, you know, like Chris pointed out earlier, like, it's like, that's not really the point. Like, it's about somebody being willing to do something different, to do something that seems almost too simple and too straightforward. But here Kanye is doing it, and we're realizing that nobody does that. Yeah. You know, nobody knows if the other, like, calling Trump out will work or not work. Maybe this well, is the thing it definitely didn't. <laughs> yeah, right? It's only further caused schisms. I mean, look at Michelle Wolf calling everybody out at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Uh, that's only led to far more... Though, she called everybody out, and now it's just leading to more arguments. But at the same time, a lot of the press has just been going along with Sarah Huckabee Sanders the whole time and not calling her out for anything. And where has that gotten us? Yeah. It's yeah, so I mean, I, it, you almost in a way empathize with conservatives and the general idea that you know there are liberal elites and liberal hollywood and how it can kind of feel like the whole world's against you you know if you grew up on a rural town and you feel betrayed by democrats and obama you think like it almost feels like the world's against you in a way and that definitely includes kanye west and we'll get to this in the song but him putting on that hat like actually is kind of a huge moment it's him saying like no actually we're equal like i'm willing to put myself on your level uh look past the politics and just have a conversation there's something powerful in there and conversations are something that need to take place and not just 
I think there's a middle ground between listening to all the bullshit that Sarah Huckabee Sanders spews every single fucking day and just being like, oh, okay, Sarah. (laughs) And what Michelle Wolf did, which was very critical and biting and sharp and upset a lot of people because it was so mean, even though it was accurate. Yeah. Like, there has to be a middle ground where we can just talk. I mean, this will really tell how Kanye's comments stand the test of time in 10 years. Are we going to look back and think that his comment about George Bush was more revolutionary and created more change? Or was it this episode is for thinking of it where he put on a Trump hat and encouraged us to have a more engaging conversation with the other side? Like, I don't like it at all that he's wearing that hat, but I got to think that him doing that instead of just saying George Bush doesn't care about black people, like, I don't know what that did. Like, I feel like he might actually do more good by being a martyr. The funniest things to me about this, two things real fast, and then we can get into the song. (laughs) Finally. Is uh, before all of this went down, he tweeted, controversy is my gym. (laughs) And then all the shit happened. (laughs) And the second is that he had tweeted out that he was reading this book about John, I don't know how you say his name, B-E-U-Y-S. Buse, boys, sure. who was a like real out there artist uh, from Germany, and one of his pieces was called "I Like America and America Likes Me," and that piece was him locking himself in a room with a coyote for three days, <laughs> and it was a wild coyote, and he just took photos of him in like this protective covering that he was wearing and like i think it had the american flag and the coyotes there and the coyotes not happy mind you (laughs) um and just the fact that it's that title i like american america likes me and here's this like angry coyote and there was something visceral about that and very performance already about it Mm -hmm. and it involved kind of trying to have this conversation but with a wild animal and so there's that, there's the controversy is my gym, and then everything that he's been doing since. And it just seems like a next level of Kanye as an artist. And does all that relate to I'm surrounded by the fucking wolves? Fuck. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> uh, but I like where your head's at. <laughs> and we're getting ready to cover wolves, so I'm just in that headspace. <laughs> all right, shall we get into this song? Yeah, let's stop torturing these people. All right. Hey, everybody. Sorry for torturing you. Uh, So the song samples Seven Rooms of Gloom uh, by Four Tops. And the whole song's about this person that's isolated. I see a house, a lonely house, because now you've gone. Uh, Seven rooms, that's all it is. Seven rooms of gloom. I live with emptiness without your tenderness. And it just continues on like that, about how sad this person is in their isolation. um, And how they wish this person would come back. And I can't help but feel like that gets at a lot of, like, 
things that are very local to Kanye in this situation that he's created and is immersed in, uh, but also almost like a meta commentary on where we're at politically on a whole as just not being like everybody kind of feels isolated politically. Yeah. And it gets at his, um, you know, his sunken place tweet, which is this long, empty, sad, sad hallway, just eggshell white everywhere. There's a light at the other end, but he's not at the light. end. He's down at the shady end. Um, and it's like this, you know, this place of slumber, as Genius kind of puts it. It's somebody who's not really engaged, somebody who's just sticking with their thoughts. And I think what's interesting here is, again, this whole song is kind of having a conversation, you know, with the people. It's versus the people. But I also feel like it's a conversation with himself and the idea that he's learning to not live in fear and to come out and have this conversation more openly to challenge his own thoughts. Uh, which is another line that's in this song where like, you know, the hat sat in his closet for a year and a half. And then he grew up the courage one day to pull the hat out and say like, Hey, like, don't be afraid to challenge it. Like, don't be living in the sunken place as mental prison, like be somebody that challenges the status quo. Very much. And being in that seven rooms of gloom, like is, is like the sunken place, as you're saying. So getting out of that is important. And part of this conversation, it seems that it's not just him that was in the sunken place, but it seems like America itself has kind of entered this weird sunken nation. Yeah. And that's just the beauty of Kanye, right? Like he takes a situation that's very specific to him and blows it up to something that's more relatable, which I think he pretty much has done his whole career. Not that everybody can relate to the, uh, you know, the life of Pablo is this tussle between do I live the celebrity life or the family life? Like, that's not something everybody goes through. But it is kind of, it does get at something, um, some universal truth of when do you kind of take that next step? Like, when do you step out of um, this prepubescent stage and, learn to what it's like to be an adult and like um, that understand that your actions affect other people. Um, I feel like that's being extended here. Um, Connie's taking this very micro situation, him learning to become this person that's more engaged and kind of a challenging everybody to think that way. He is definitely getting the people going. <laughs> He's getting T.I. going, that's for sure. Um, and Connie does chop up the lyrics from Four Tops uh, into I had for us, you turn my dreams into dust, uh, which isn't specifically the line. It's you took the dream I had for us, turned my dreams into dust. So he manually switches it up to I had for us, you turn my dreams into dust, which is far more accusatory and direct. Uh, I watch a phone that I had for us. You turn my dreams into dust. It almost, uh, I think, repositioning it in that way, especially I watch a phone that I had for us, is originally I watch a phone that never rings. It seems far more pointed towards Twitter and the reaction on Twitter. And people legitimately, maybe not legitimately, but almost saying, you turn my dreams into dust. How dare you betray us? I thought better of you, I expected better from you, and I look at my phone and the Twitter app and see that you're not the person that I thought you were. I fucking love that line. I watched a phone that I had for us. <laughs> like, it's just this idea that, like, you're texting Kanye almost, that <laughs> you can get on his Twitter thread and, like, have a conversation, and 
again, that's just like the openness and unity, you know, the, the, he preaches being unified. I've always loved that about him and kind of was, was really the whole theme of the life of Pablo Torre, how he floats around it. And it's like, you know, it's not a concert where like, you know, 20 people come out and there's a bunch of openers and it's really this intimate experience, even though it's this giant arena, he somehow makes it intimate. Yeah. It always feels intimate, right? It's like Kanye's there with his arms around me. <laughs> Every night when I go to bed, he's cuddling me. <laughs> uh, okay, so then we get into Kanye and T.I., which I don't know why T.I. You know what? I, I feel like I've said this a billion times. Like Every time Kanye has a song of somebody or I find out like he made a song of Migos, I'm like, Kanye knows Migos? Like, he just fucking knows everybody. <laughs> Um, Kanye did, or T.I. did post on his Instagram, uh, yesterday spent the day with Kanye. Long-term work in progress, no doubt. Still optimistic. Something from our discussion gone stick. I refuse to just give up on him. The old yay too important. Which would seem to Hmm. go more into, that's kind of fascinating, because somebody like Charlemagne when Charlemagne talked with Kanye was saying like, I'm so excited for people to hear what Kanye has to say because Kanye's like my discussion with him was really enlightening, really cool. Like I can't tell you yet, but when he talks, you're all going to be impressed. And then all the, all the conservative stuff started coming out and Charlemagne isn't conservative like that. So for TI to say that this is a long-term work in progress and still optimistic, it gives two different kind of, perspectives on what Ye's saying right well i think the perspective it really gives is that kanye is still fighting for the people in the sense that like he believes in everything that trump doesn't stand for like he's still somebody that's going to do what he can with his influence to create change you know he's you know whether that's donating to certain campaigns which we know he donated like hillary's campaign and everything and um, the fact that he's going to the the Parkland marches like is one thing. Like he's still fighting for people, but he's also going to create this conversation and hopefully create a more engaged, you know, America. There's two parts to what he's doing. He's just going to be more vocal about the part that cre- encourages conversation. Yeah, and it also points to the fact that like Ti went to spend the day with Kanye, and it seems that this song did come about over the fact that T.I. is on the other side. He's with the people talking to Kanye about this, which I think kind of lends more impact to what he's rapping in this song. Which I think is really key because the one of my favorite parts of this song is the fact that Kanye doesn't just scoop by, which I think you can sometimes see in music where you want to make a certain point, so you make the other side seem... Um, like not as convincing which like say take a like new slaves or something or just like the general plight on Jesus where he wants to create change and everyone else is an asshole and he's gonna you know he's gonna show them what's up that's not really happening this something like Connie's actually refuting himself with a lot of good points and with the knowledge that T.I. actually felt that way like it seems like T.M. him and T.I. actually came up with something that you know flows well works musically but also is a legitimate conversation and is something that 
is making Ye defend himself in a way that we didn't really see on Twitter. You know, Connie was just saying what he thought and didn't have to go into the comment threads and argue for everybody. Here we're actually hearing Ye say, like, take that next step. And by the end of the song, we actually hear him getting a little angry and defensive. (laughs) Right. Like, I just imagine the typical politician questions where it's like, you know, if you have a if you have a Democrat that goes on to CNN or a Republican that goes on to Fox where they're just like, now people have said you're wrong. Are you? <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about that today and how, you know, again, like Connie's making a solid point in that he, Trump, the only wit reason Trump is admirable is the fact that he doesn't talk like a politician. Because anytime, I, like I listen to um, Pod, Pod Save America, which is this like very liberal left wing, it's like, you know, uh, the liberal version of Fox News, basically. I like that shit because, you know, I'm, I'm a crazy fucking flaming liberal. But um, whenever they bring a politician on, like, they're just hitting the talking points. It's so boring. It feels like the opposite of, like, creating change. I feel like Kanye is kind of, you know, he's... Uh, I don't even know where I'm going anymore. It started out with me, like, praising Trump. Uh, but I, again, <laughs> I think Kanye's just kind of a d- connecting with that idea and, like, in a way, I feel like he's challenging that. Like he's, and he's challenging himself to speak up and like actually defend himself. Like there's something to that that is really beautiful. It is. It is. You gotta at least admire him taking his shots. Yeah. Um. Well, should we get into the lyrics? Yeah, we better. All right. It starts off with a, a cool Tupac reference. I know Obama was heaven sent, which. Uh, Thanks to Genius, Tupac's song Changes has the lines, and although it seems heaven sent, we ain't ready to see a black president. That was back in 1998. So Kanye acknowledges that, like Obama was heaven sent, uh, but ever since Trump won, it proved that I could be president. That to me is such a fascinating notion because a lot of people were saying that with Obama winning, that showed that, like, any race, you don't have to be white to be president, but at the same time, you still had to be a politician. Yes. So for Kanye, it wasn't that Obama won that made him open his eyes and say, like, I could be president. It was Trump winning, and that had nothing to do with race and everything to do with the fact that both were celebrities. <coughs> and Kanye was told, like, well, you can't do that because you're a celebrity, and this is just for this group of people. Uh, which isn't race-related, but still gets at that similar tension of being identified as one thing and being told that because you're that thing, you can't do any of these other things. So it is crazy in that way to hear that perspective and to think about it from that perspective, that Trump's winning, while horrendous for a lot of us, could also be inspirational to people. Yeah, especially inspirational to someone like Kanye, who's pretty much preached this, living this lifestyle his whole career. You know, what's appealing to him about Trump is the fact that it's almost like when people tell Kanye to, you know, act a certain way, like, you know, you when John Legend tells him, like, you know, you, a lot of people listen to what you say, like, you have to give things context and you, um, your words have an impact. Um, Kanye I mean, sees... You're sorry, worried about your fans. Yeah. Um, Kanye views that as being put in a box. Uh, in a in kind of a way, what he's saying here is like making it about race, saying that Obama being president means Kanye could be president. Like, 
I, I think makes County feel like he's being put in a box and like being part of like like a you know uh, a standard or something when really Kanye is more motivated by the fact that Trump represents this represents something more ideological and philosophical the idea that you can be open to speak your mind like it's not about a color it's about like who you are as a person and the fact that somebody who could be that kind of person even though he's kind of a fucking monster is more inspirational to Kanye yeah yeah and then you have T.I. coming back with, like, yeah, you can. At what cost, though? Like, is it was it worth it to have a non-politician in office that's causing all this chaos? Um, and don't that go against the teachings that Ye taught for? Uh, I think the implication with that, don't that go against the teachings, being that just uh, everything that Trump is doing is just not in line with what we thought Kanye stood for when it came to uh, civil rights, telling Bush that Bush didn't care about black people. Like, how could he then be okay with Trump? Yeah. And a lot of this, I think, too, gets into old versus new Kanye and kind of how a lot of people people in general feel betrayed by Kanye and the way he acts now, and they feel that this is just really an extension of that. Yeah, there's still a very... I don't think vocal majority, but vocal minority that's very upset with actually. I would say it's like half and half. Yeah, half and half, where it's people that like legitimately feel the Kardashians ruined Kanye, (laughs) changed Kanye, sunk in place Kanye. Yeah. um, Even more exasperated by exacerbated. uh, I do that all the time too. (laughs) By everything that's going on now. But there were people saying that from back then, so yeah. Uh, so Kanye comes back in, yo tip, or, I hear your side, and everybody talk though, but ain't going against the grain everything I fought for, which is also true. Kanye's always been that guy to do that. Yeah, I mean, everything we just basically said about Trump, like, again, that's why he empathizes with Trump. Trump is demonized for trying to do something that goes against the grain. And Kanye is constantly demonized for going against the grain. So who's he going to relate to more? Trump. Yeah, and Trump, I mean, there's more reasons yes. <laughs> to yell at him. But Kanye was a kid from Chicago that, like, was just supposed to be a kid from Chicago. And then he was a producer. And then he was a producer, wasn't supposed to be a rapper. And then he was a rapper and wasn't supposed to be a pop star. And then he was a pop star, but it wasn't supposed to be an artist. Then he was an artist, but he couldn't get into the world of fashion because he was just in music, you know? Yeah. And now he's in the world of fashion. But even then, he was told that, like, now nah, you're not good enough for Nike. Like, and now he just keeps breaking through. And, yeah, Trump, you know? Yeah. And even extending it to Kanye's actions, like him running up on, you know, the stage and stealing the award away from Taylor Swift, like that's not okay. Like we all can recognize it. <laughs> that's not his place to do something like that. Um, that definitely goes against the grain. And it, whether or not he was right or wrong about what he said, like sure we could talk about that, but it wasn't okay to do that. Um, so again, I think Kanye is just recognizing that, <clears throat> that, you know, the mindset he's in, the fact that he thinks it's important enough for him to run up on stage, like. Kind of, Trump felt the same way. Like this guy who was told he could not be president a billion times said, "Like, well, I'm going to do it anyway because I believe in the shitty things I believe in." And look at him now. 
And that's in line with Kanye just saying, like, if you're a fan of Kanye West, you're a fan of yourself. And <clears throat> that his fans shouldn't be worried about what he does or doesn't do or what he says or doesn't say. They should know that him being true to himself means that they can be true to themselves, even if it means disagreeing with him. Yeah. Uh, so T.I. comes back in, probably so, yay. But where are you trying to go with this? It's some shit you just don't align with and don't go against. And that to us is T.I. saying, uh, you know, you have bad things you don't align with and you have good things you don't go against. Um, and that's just the way that reality is. Right. Which, I, I mean, yeah, I don't think you align with, like, pedophiles, <laughs> and you don't go against, like, I don't know. I mean, the general point here is, like, I mean, this happened exactly to Chance the Rapper, and he talks about this later in the song, but, like, there are just some things you don't align with or go against, and Chance come out and says, like, you don't have to be a Democrat if you're black, and he gets kind of, like... You know, everyone says, like, you can't say that. And then he apologizes for what he said. There really is that attitude. Like, there's some things you don't go against. Like, there's just some things you cannot say. So don't even think about it. And Kanye, like, to Kanye, that's fucking kryptonite. That's a much better and more relevant example. (laughs) Relevant because it happened, like, one day ago. (laughs) Yeah. And it relates to Kanye, you know? Yeah. Um... And Kanye's response to this is, you just read in the headlines, you don't see the fine print. And that's a very interesting response to them saying shit you don't align with and don't go against. And that's Kanye saying, you, you're not seeing the specifics of what I'm saying. And that's him refuting then that he's aligned with the negative thing and is necessarily going against the positive thing. He's saying it's more nuanced and complicated. The headlines make it seem it's that simple, but that's that's not it. Like other people are on some choosing side shit and he's trying to unify. And that is a much at on the one hand, that's way more macro than what people are talking about, and it's also way more nuanced than what people are talking about. Like they're not thinking big enough and they're also not getting into the the granu- granu- granularity of it. <laughs> I love Enough. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, looking at that line too, um, you just read in the headlines. I mean that if Kanye connects with any line in the world, like that's gotta be it. This idea that, I mean, you and I talk about it constantly. Like we're always seeing the nuance of Kanye and reading it into his albums and the narratives he's, he's um, exploring and how they relate to how he is as a human, as a father, as a husband and how he's changing. And there's all this nuance to him. But if you don't like Kanye and you don't want to follow any of that, you're just going to see the headlines. And you're going to think Kanye's a fucking jackass because, well, sometimes the things he says make him sound like a fucking jackass out of context. Um, and that's, honestly, that's what's going to happen here. He's he's much, very accepting of it at this point that he's going to uh, seem like he's endorsing Trump and he's okay with people thinking that and reading the headline. Um, but for the people that are willing to engage in that conversation and read deeper, maybe he'll create some change. Controversy is his gym. It sure fucking is. He's uh, all chest, no legs. <laughs> Gonna make a smoothie. Then me and wifey make a movie. Um, 
It's bigger than your selfish agenda, T.I. tells him. If your election ain't gonna stop police from murdering people, then shit. And yeah, I mean, Kanye may have some agenda that he's getting at, but T.I.'s saying, like, there's other things that are going on. And if the end result is it you being able to stop, like, all this violence that's happening, and violence that seems to be encouraged, I would think that the subtext is to this from everything that Trump is doing and represents, then hmm, what you're doing, is it worth it? Which again, like that's what I love about the song. Like that's a very fair point and something Kanye has to grapple with. Yeah. Like if he does, if all of this does get him president, will he even be able to do anything as president? Well, let's find out in 2024. <sighs> 2020. <laughs> Please change your mind and go for 2020. <laughs> for the love of God, 2020. Um, then shit. Uh, then Kanye comes back in. Bro, I never ever stopped fighting for the people. Actually wearing the hat will show people that we equal, which is what you were getting at earlier. Yeah. I love that line because... In a way, Trump, again, is like a symbol to him. He is not, I know he's saying that he loves Trump, and I'm sure he views Trump as a human, but in a way, he's not really treating Trump like a human being. He's looking at Trump as a symbol of this idea that you can go against the grain and do something that everyone tells you you can't do. And the hat is the same way. The hat is not about endorsing anything. It's about showing that I'm willing to put myself on equal playing field as everybody who, who uh, supported Trump and just say that I love you and I'm willing to have the conversation. It makes me think about how you're saying, maybe it was prep, maybe you said it on the episode, everything's starting to blend together. (laughs) (laughs) Our prep goes on for way too long, that's the problem here. Yeah, time and space collapses around us. (laughs) Uh, If there's somebody that lives in rural West Virginia that feels that kind of hatred for the liberal intellectual elite, the Hollywood elite... And they feel like everybody that they know that are the real people are conservative, love Trump, and then they see, you know, all these, to them, very elite, disconnected from the world people uh, condemning them and saying that their viewpoint is wrong and that their love of Trump or support of Trump makes them racist, all of those things then Kanye coming out and putting the hat on as visceral as that was for everybody that loathes Trump and gasps it's just as visceral then for people that love Trump and have felt alienated to see somebody like Kanye that's so outspoken that is so different from how a lot of the generic conservatives or the cliche conservative individual that we have in mind so different from that person and he's wearing, especially somebody that's so into fashion, right? That Kanye's known as this guy that loves fashion, wears all these expensive clothes, but he's wearing the MAGA hat. That communicates something and unites that kid in West Virginia to Kanye in a far more, uh, I don't know, real way than anything yeah. else. I mean, clearly, like, 
again, again, it just gets back into what John Legend did. Like John Legend was trying to tell him, like, you can't do that. You have to act this way. Like, and if he acted that way for, if he had acted that way, he would not have made that connection you're talking about. I don't know whether that connection is like good. Like, again, that's not, but I feel like that's kind of the wrong argument to have. Like the fact that Connie went there and made that connection, like at least it happened now. Yeah. Right. And you can start to, you can't start to have a conversation until you bridge the gap or maybe you can shout across the bridge, but I don't think it's, or shout across the gap, but I don't know if that's as effective. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, tip comes back in with, you got to see the vantage point of the people. What makes you feel equal makes them feel evil. Uh, which is to me a very fascinating line. Like, to the people that are condemning Kanye from this, like Kanye puts a hat on and feels equal, but if other people were to put the hat on, they would feel evil. Like they somehow are joining something negative. Right. Um, which seems, uh, I think that's one of the criticisms made against people criticizing Trump supporters <laughs> is that a lot of them say, like, just because I'm a Trump supporter doesn't mean that I'm okay with all of these evil things. But you make me out to be evil. Yeah. that That's such a powerful image, like you're saying, though. Like, the Kanye takes this idea that, okay, we see the image of him wearing the hat, and it makes you feel like kind of shit, like, oh, God, here we go. Uh, making you think about putting on the hat yourself and how that makes you feel. And how the difference between how that makes you feel and how it makes Kanye feel, like just the fucking valley that separates those two feel like that's crazy uh, imagery right there. It is. And it makes me feel like putting on the hat, like there's something visceral to me even imagining putting on the hats and what I would feel putting it on. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, but then we have Ye coming back in. See, that's a problem with this damnation. All blacks got to be Democrats. Man, we ain't made it off the plantation. Which might be the lines that get focused on the most. As everybody's on some choosing side shits, uh, this would be this line that seems to most clearly place Kanye in a realm of conservatism or being interested in conservatism. Uh, or the Republican Party, but I don't know if that's necessarily his point. No, I think of everything he says in this song, like this is possibly the most problematic. <laughs> um, just like because he's basically saying, like, um, if people had been encouraging conversation, if people had just been took a step back and like, hey, let's empathize with each other and understand where each other's coming from, that would have gotten people off the plantation which i don't think is very realistic it makes kanye sound very ignorant and naive um but then again kanye being the hyperbolic artist he is who always does this kind of thing i think it's just getting at the point that by putting yourself in that you know mental prison you are effectively kind of putting yourself in that place like you're not going to be able to create any sort of change until you decide to engage with the other side so I don't know about the example he's using because it makes it sound like if you aren't political and uh, rebellious, uh, like Martin Luther King were and Malcolm X, like that you can't get any change done. And those guys obviously get to some change. 
Um, but I, I think if it, how it plays into his point about having a conversation, it makes a little more sense. It, your first point was that as Kanye is saying now that we need to like have love for each other and have conversation, that if that was the tactic used back in uh, the 1800s yeah. during slavery, it would have worked. Like no. we're at a point where you very much needed action. Yes. We're in a much more privileged time. I mean, not privileged. It's probably a terrible word to use, but more privileged in the sense that you can be a little more open about what you think and um, you actually can have that conversation and possibly make some change. I think that's my major criticism of everything that Kanye has been saying is that I I understand the the ideal of what he's set up or of what he's trying to say with everything with love and you need to be a free thinker and you should demonize people for being free thinkers. But there's obviously a line at some point yes. that goes too far. Um, and what do you do with people that cross that line? And that's what I, that's kind of the issue that I have. And the thing that I'm curious about is like where he stands with that. It's, it's like if somebody, I don't, I don't know what a good example is to use. Donald Trump and everything <laughs> he's even, done. <laughs> not even like, I'm thinking more, less political and more in the fact okay. of just like somebody that's like, yeah, I think I should be able to murder. Yeah. Child and, or molest children or like do something fu- fucking unforgivable. Yeah. Or like I, I'm the boss. I should be able to like talk to my employees. However, I want and make them do whatever I want them to do. Like if you start to get into these weird moral quandaries, um, where's that line? And do you just say like, Oh, that's nice that you're talking about murder. Like you're a free thinker or do you have to shame them into silence? Do you, we send, do we wait until they take action and then send them to jail? Like, Obviously, you don't want to like say because somebody mentioned murder, you have to arrest them and throw them into prison. But I just feel like there's something, there's some line that's not being discussed and some next action that's not being discussed with everything that he's saying. Yeah. I mean, that's why everyone, including his wife, are saying like, hey, you should give a little more context what you're saying. like, Because that is part of the conversation and that is... It's probably irresponsible in his part to not bring that up. But then again, I also think it's probably part of his point. And I'm not defending Kanye at this part because I agree with all of that and that he should be making that distinction. Um, but I think in a way it kind of goes beyond the point he's trying to make. And, and I almost feel like he almost tries to even make the point in the song um, and show that you can go to that next step. Like after you've started the conversation and you've engaged the other person and you've shown love, uh, what if it gets to a point where that conversation is not stable anymore? Like, you can't do it. And I feel like that kind of happens in the song at some point where Kanye actually gets a little angry. We'll talk about it later. But maybe that's his way of saying, like, well, you actually can reach that point. Um, But I think part of what Kanye's doing, who's just being the facilitator, the person who's texting, um, who's tweeting one text and then tweeting the counter text. Like he's just being the person that shows the conversation can't happen. And it's not his place to take a side at all. 
yeah about what should be done or should it be done but like let's have this conversation and then let's figure it out together uh back in his first speech about trump in sacramento he talked about how we shouldn't even have political parties everybody should just be advisors and we should take the ideas like the best ideas from both sides and like talk about them and implement them um which i like that yeah (laughs) um but i i do get this point in the fact that i don't think it's necessarily political to say like I mean, it is political, but I don't think it's showing Kanye's political stance that all blacks got to be Democrats. Man, we ain't made it off the plantation. It's in the fact that, like, slaves had to be one specific thing. You you were a slave. You had to do what everybody said you had to do. You had no uh, autonomy. You had no mm-hmm. independence. And the fact that everybody expects black people to be Democrats and then tells people you have to be a Democrat is spiritually in line with that sense of still having to be the thing that everybody tells you to be and not having that autonomy and that choice. Like, can you be green party? Can you be libertarian? Can you be conservative? Can you just be an independent? Why do you have to be straight Democrat if you're black? Yeah. Didn't he have a tweet about that? How he doesn't align with party. Yeah. He's not Democrat or Republican. He doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree with all that. Uh, so, fuck who you choose as your political party, as T.I. <laughs> comes back in. You representing dude just seems crude and cold-hearted. Uh, with blatant disregard for the people who put you in position, don't you feel an obligation to them? And uh, this is taking it beyond politics. It's not about whether Trump is Democrat or Republican. It's not whether you're Democrat or Republican uh, it's just the fact that Trump is Trump. <laughs> yeah. And representing him, like, seems a betrayal of everybody. Yeah. And again, if we're looking at this as Kanye's guilty conscience, he's saying this to himself. Like, don't you feel an obligation to all these people? Like, don't you feel like you're doing so much bad and, like, affiliating yourself with, like, terrible people? Like, well, yeah. Like, in a way, Kanye is, and he has to grapple with that if he's going to, you know, see his mission through mm. and he has his answer right <laughs> yep i feel an obligation to show people new ideas and if you want to hear them there go to right here which what a nice way to get around that it's <laughs> very political i don't feel an obligation i feel an obligation to show people new ideas that's my obligation <laughs> um that's my platform <laughs> make america great again had a negative perception I took it, wore it, rocked it, gave it a new direction, which I think is kind of true. It's still short. Like, we haven't seen the full impact of it, but I do think that it changed a little bit of how we view the hat and who wears the hat. And yeah. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, the new direction is the fact that, like, we're talking about it at all. Like, no one even, like, would have thought of assigning any meaning to the Trump hat. But the second Connie puts it on his head, it's like you're kind of being forced to have an opinion on it. Right. Or at least the meaning that it did have was kind of fixed. Yes. At that point. People weren't thinking of changing the meaning it had. Right. Um, so that was the first thing that he did. And then the second new idea 
is that the hat could have empathy and care and love and affection to it because this almost seems Kanye recognizing the fact that the MAGA hat and Trump's campaign and a lot of the people around Trump use the hat in a negative way and that it lacked the things that he added. It didn't have empathy. It didn't have care. It didn't have love and affection. It was a sign of hatred. But he is taking what was hated and full of hatred and making it something else, which is what he tried doing with the Confederate flag on the Yeezus tour. Right. Yep. He was using it on a lot of his fashion and saying that, like, we're taking it back. Like, I'm reappropriating this. And I think it's kind of interesting to see him do it, not with something that's outdated in a kind of... The Confederate flag seemed to have lost a decent amount of power. I mean, it's still definitely a, a problematic emblem. Right. And can be a very, very intense emblem given certain situations. But in general, I don't think it's necessarily as intense these days as the MAGA hat is. Right. Because it's a very real threat that's hurting a lot of people in present time. Right. We're even a lot of the Confederate flag has just been uh, appropriated into just being kind of like this thing that college kids would put on their wall because look, I'm from the South. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tip comes back in, what are you willing to lose for the point to be proved? Which gets back to everything with his fans, his reputation... Uh, This shit is stubborn, selfish, bullheaded, even for you. You wore a dusty-ass hat to represent the same views as white supremacy. Man, we expect better from you. All the times you sounded crazy, we defended you, homie. Now now just to be let down when we depend on you, homie. Like, that's, that's a very intense section. Yeah, and... I mean, all of it's pretty straightforward, but it it and kind of again, it could just be Connie's guilty conscience and blah blah blah. But I think what's really cool here, if we go beyond like kind of the ideology and what it represents, is the fact that the song itself is suddenly getting a little more um, aggressive, or maybe not aggressive, but um, the sides, like each of the verses are getting a little longer, and Ti says a lot more here, and you can you can tell that he's getting a little more heated and a little more offended, um, and. I think that's a really important part of the song that the conversation has escalation to it and that Kanye at some point starts to get very defensive and starts to say like, what do you want me to do this and that? You want me to act a certain way? Like um, in a way that we don't see Kanye really get on Twitter. Kanye's being very Zen on Twitter and just like encouraging, you know, love and blah, blah, blah. But in the song, we actually hear him having a conversation. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's not a Zen. (laughs) No, not as Zen as all at all. Um, oh, and I missed the lines. That's why it's important to know what direction you're going now, because everything that you built can be destroyed and torn down. Damn. Which, yeah, there's that legacy again. And while Kanye had been uh, kind of dismissive of that when talking with John Legend, uh, I feel like he's more honest in a way in art or at least gets yes. more at how, how he actually feels. Um, 
So you think I ain't concerned about how I affect the past, which, yeah. Um, And I think that plays with the idea of, like, our affected past as well. Like, this idea of, like, I'm concerned about how I affect my own history, but I'm also concerned of the affected past, how we've been affected by other people. Mm -hmm. Um, That I'm not just forgetting about that. Um, I mean, that hat stayed in my closet like about a year and a half. Then one day I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do me. I was in the sunken place, and then I found a new me. Not worried about some image that I got to keep up. A lot of people agree with me, but they're too scared to speak up. Again, we saw that happen with Chance. Somebody who did speak up and say, like, hey, you don't have to like fit a certain mold, and then was, I don't want to say shamed, but essentially... Um, vilified until he apologized and said like i don't really think that yeah i was just trying to like be there for kanye yeah and uh i don't think he's i don't think he's wrong i know i yeah i don't um and it does show that he's aware that he knew after the Sacramento speech that people did not take well to that and that he kept that hat in his closet ever since Um, but then thought that he had to speak up and do what he needed to do and in this case he uh, reappropriates the sunken place meme where people have been using that to attack him in terms of the Kardashians and Trump and uh I've even heard people talk about Kanye, and I think this was Joe Budden, talked about Kanye wanting to appeal to white people, and that it had always been part of like Kanye and his career. Um, so that kind of plays with the idea of the sunken place, especially in Get Out, being about uh, white people putting black people in the sunken place. But Kanye here takes it and makes it about fear. And him being concerned and him being fearful is what put him in the sunken place. Yeah, that that image of the hat sitting in his closet is such a powerful image. Like that's that might be the best part of the song for me. Like it reminds me of like a I feel like movies do that all the time. This is a terrible example, but like an anchorman when Ron Burgundy goes on his like bender after getting fired from his job, and then like is called you know to you know report the news to you know do what he was born to do and he gets his his microphone and like he clean cleans up in like two seconds in the bar bathroom um that just that idea is kind of i'm thinking about it on a very real level like getting past the stupid anchorman example like (laughs) kind of looking at the hat and thinking like you know what like i have to stop you know that really isn't kind of to not do everything he's done like, of course, Gandhi did everything he's done in the last week. Of course, he saw that hat and felt compelled to do something that he felt was always right. He would never just actually live in fear and do what everyone tells him to do. He's going to get out there and put the fucking hat on and make us talk about it. Yeah. And that worry about the image that he had to keep up, I think, is something that's very real like I have to be this kind of person rather than the person that I want to be which has never been the Kanye thing to do but he did it and now he's starting to show like no he's he's 
and he's not just conservative. He's not just right wing. He's not just this. Emma Gonzalez is his hero. Uh, he hangs out with people that are very liberal. Uh, he's into an art scene that's also very like progressive and liberal. It's more to it than just the politics of it. So then Tip comes back in. The greater good of the people is first. Have you considered all the damage and the people you hurt? You had a bad idea, and you're making it worse. This shit's just as bad as Catholic preachers raping in church. Oh, boy. Yeah, and that's kind of the first point in the song. Like, Part of me thinks, like, okay, now you're getting hyperbolic to the point where it makes you feel sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think people are going to think that what he did is as bad as Catholic preachers raping children in church. But on the same, at the same time, like I was on Twitter and I saw people essentially saying <laughs> yeah. that same thing. Like Kanye has betrayed everything. He's just been a racist the whole time. He supports like black people being killed by cops. He supports all these like insane, violent. Uh, negative things that kind of are in line not specifically catholic preachers raping in church but in line with that yeah i had the same fear you did and it was like the one line where i felt like oh is kanye trying to make us like feel sorry for him but um then you just remember that it's kanye and like (laughs) all the shit he says like anything he says on jesus like put a fist under like a civil rights sign like he's just willing to go to that kind of next step that is it necessarily supposed to be taken literally, but it's kind of supposed to almost grab you and be like, Oh shit. Like remember, pay attention. <laughs> yes. Pay and I love attention. that about him. That's right. Me too. Me too. Oh, and Jordan Peele had also tweeted, uh, the sunken place means we're marginalized. Yeah. No matter how hard we scream, the system silences us. I mean, that kind of hits the nail on the head, right? Like that's the place Kanye, what Jordan Peele I think is talking about is um, it's obviously very racial. The idea that you can't fight back or you can't create change. Kanye's kind of going past race and picking it more just about who you like your ability to just be yourself. Yeah. Which seems to be now that we've, you know, for the Yeezus book, all the deconstruction on Yeezus, I feel like so much of Yeezus is getting post-racial and saying these things that were very much racial in the past are now just applicable to everybody and to people. Yeah. It's just part of life, but in a different kind of way. And the same kind of perspective he seems to be having here. Like, things aren't just racial. They're about people. Right. It's two conversations to have. Like, of course, a lot of Jesus is about Racism is very racial. I mean, Black Skinhead, a movie re- or a song where he repeats. I'm calling it a movie. I'm, that's how I think of Jesus now. <laughs> um, he says black like a billion times. Like, obviously, there's like a racial component to it all, and it's all driven by that. But um, y- you're right. The way when we break down the songs, like they really are about um, being human in a way, and the way you act and the way you fit into the world. And it's like he's having two conversations at the same time. Right. He declares it on new slaves that it's not just black people anymore. Like it's happening to everybody. Um, And blood on the leaves. Is it just about like 
shit that's happening to black people it's now applicable to everybody just like being caught in this consumerist society and kind of fucking each other over because they want the superficial more than the real yeah and even if that song is specifically supposed to be from a black perspective i think that's just again the beauty of Kanye and kind of what you said how he wants to appeal to white people i think that's kind of the beauty of his music is that there's a unifying sense to it so no matter what it's about like sometimes he's vague enough which makes it sound bad, but that's what's really great about it. Sometimes he's vague enough that it, it does have that universal appeal. Yeah, it lets everybody kind of put themselves into the music. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so this shit just as bad as Catholic preachers raping in church, and Kanye just comes back with, y'all been leading with hate. See, I just approach it different. Like a gang truce, the first blood to shake the crip's hand. Which could be... Uh, commentary on him meeting with Trump and just he was the first one to kind of go and meet with Trump and like have that conversation Um, but then after that Catholic preachers raping in church line this is what you've talked about uh, and foreshadowed leading up to this like Kanye kind of starts to get a little angrier I know everybody emotional is it better if I rap about crack huh because it's cultural or how about I'm a shoot you or fuck your bitch or how about all this Gucci because I'm fucking rich yeah man that's like Jesus level Kanye right there that's getting into some shit because (laughs) that is condemning in a way I think of both uh, rap culture um, what's expected like what's okay for black artists to talk about specifically Kanye here as he's being policed in what he can talk about. Um, But then also just in general, like the same way he talked on Jesus walks. Like if I rap about Jesus, my record won't get played. And it's like, if I rap about crack, that's okay. And if I rap about like, I'm a shoot you and fuck your bitch, like that's going to make it on the radio and be okay. Like, and just talking about Gucci, that's okay. Nobody blinks about that. But I start talking about politics and, like, relations that people have in the world and, like, perspectives. And suddenly that's that's the line. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, all great points. He's just having a different conversation. Mm. I wonder how much of that, too, is a little bit of a call out to Jay-Z. <laughs> We did talk about that. Just the fact that he's talking about rapping about crack. Yeah, because, I mean, Jay-Z mentions how he used to deal crack a lot. Um, I said that in such a kind of bored way. (laughs) Jay-Z raps about how he used to sell crack a lot. Uh, But Jay mentions his drug dealing past quite often. And even looking at Yeezus, one of the things that King Louis brings up in his section is just how he's going to sell crack and do the... It's it's a a cliche, I think, of rap music at this point. Yeah. Um, which doesn't mean that it didn't start from a very real place. Like, the crack epidemic in New York City was very real and had a huge effect on a lot of people. So, of course, it makes it into the art of people that came from that. But at the same time, it also did start to, it felt, at least to me, in the 90s and 2000s, start to almost just feel like one of the common tropes that rappers threw into their rap. 
Right. Yeah, basically, Connie's just saying he's not going to fit into the mold you expect from a rapper, which is yeah. what he's done since the day he started. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that. If he would just do that, people would be okay with it because it's it's part of the culture. Same with like shooting or fucking your bitch. Like that's somehow more meaningful. Yeah. Than what he's doing, or I get the criticism. Totally. It reminds me of. Um, do you remember the? Um, the guy that works a flu fiasco that we talked to in South by Southwest. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, Mike. Mike. Um, he made a great point during our live episode and how Kanye calls himself a God and everyone freaks the fuck out. You know, how could Kanye call himself a God? Like Kanye's so egotistical. Kanye's this, Kanye's that. But if Kanye had called himself a thug, if Kanye had called himself the N word, if Kanye had called himself anything else, you wouldn't think anything because that's what rappers do. Um, but it's not like any of those images or like kind of the the attitude associated with those images is any you know better than just calling yourself a god especially when calling yourself a god is meant to be a good thing in the context of that song the idea that um god called people that uh followed his missions and preached his message he called them mortal gods in a sense so like it kind of just really getting at that point that like yeah label me however you want like it's better for you to think that about me than to act the way i'm supposed to act hell yeah i love that point Ooh, ooh, mm. goosebumps goosebumps <laughs> trap we are all to mike <laughs> uh thank you mike we still got to get you on for a story oh yeah um okay and then tip comes back in with like whoa you'll deal with god for the lack of respect like shit damn like things have really escalated (laughs) it was such a nice civil conversation at the beginning and now he's getting told he's gonna be like judged for his lack of respect uh starting to make it seem like donnie cut you a check which is other which is another level of insult uh now you toying with hot lava better be careful with that What's it mean to gain the world if you ain't standing for shit? Who? Hmm. Okay, I gotta say it, yay. You sound high as a bitch. Which, again, all of these are very insulting. Like, almost as yeah. insulting as... Probably more insulting, actually, than false prophets. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a comment in the genius section. It's, I like this song overall, but T.I., who represents the people, didn't go hard enough. He's going pretty hard here at the end. Yeah. He's basically saying he's going to hell. Yeah, like, God's going to judge you, and also that you sound fucking crazy. Yeah. Which starts to, I think, kind of be a nice euphemistic way of questioning mental health. Like, I got to say it, yay, you sound high as a bitch. Like, yeah, which the, people did for a while there. Yeah, is he okay? This seems like he's going crazy again. Is he about to have a breakdown? Uh, this is a nicer way of putting it, but I think it's in line with that idea. Like, you sound high as a bitch. Are you okay? Well, it also gets at that the kind of insensitivity that people have and the ignorance people have around mental illness it wasn't that Kanye was mentally stable necessarily. Like he was going through a lot of problems, but people tracked like he needed to be put in a fucking straitjacket. jacket um, is really insensitive and not 
um, again, like very knowledgeable of what people who go through real shit like have to deal with and kind of the state they're in. And I think he's just getting that here. Like, oh, you're just crazy. Like, we don't have to listen to you because you're saying something abnormal. Like, you're just fucking nuts. Yeah. And if you if you believe what Ebro was saying about Kanye had an opioid addiction, I mean, opioids get you high. So there could also be a little subtle blow of like, are you back on the pills? Like, is that where you are? Yeah. Um, And then sarcastically follows it up with, yeah, genocide and slavery. We should just try and forget. And all that free thought shit. Find a better defense. Mm. But if Ye just stuck in his way, he can leave it at that. Fuck it. Which, Which is a latitude a lot of people have that about him. Yeah, like, okay, I'm done with him. Kanye's canceled. Like, he was my hero, but now he's just, like, obviously doesn't believe anything that he ever said or did or rapped <laughs> yeah. in the 14 years he's been around. Nope. It was all a lie. Man. Heek. Um... And Kanye doesn't, he doesn't respond to that. He leaves it and just says, all right, Tip, we could be rapping about this all day, man. Why don't we just cut the beat off and let the people talk? And that last line of let the people talk, that's everything that he's been trying to do. And that's everything that this song wants to do is get people talking again now that he's reoriented the conversation. Yeah, in a way, the song's just like, another tweet that get in the comment session and start talking about it now. <laughs> yeah. It's just longer than 240 characters. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. That's uh, I mean, the outro is pretty self-explanatory, it, it, but it's just kind of amazing how it kind of reminds me of what like say blame game does or something, how the suddenly something comes into the song that feels very, um, what's the word? We use the word all the time. Um, just kind of like transcends like norms when it comes to like narratives and everything. It it kind of like cuts through the song, like the musicality of it, and is like, all right, now it's time for reality. Like you know the 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 voice, Chris Rock talking and blame game, and this idea that it kind of takes you out of the music and brings you into the moment. Like this is this part is kind of doing that. It is. Yeah, it's you're immersed into something and then suddenly like you're left in reality again. Yeah. Um, it's also, I mean, this is probably, I wouldn't argue that this is the point, but I do think there's kind of a, an interesting follow up with, uh, seven rooms of gloom and the fact that you've been in this place with Kanye and TI and then they both leave and you're just left alone again. Yeah, And now this time you're kind of just left in that emptiness to contemplate what was just said. And hopefully you go and find somebody else to talk to. Uh, what was your wait, Kanye? What? Uh, I will say probably, and I, and I don't exactly feel this way, but the whole part where he's talking about um, is it better if I rap about crack and Gucci and fucking rich and all that? That's the only part where I still feel 
like it deviates a little bit from the point and how he, because he gets aggressive and defensive and less is in like he is on Twitter it doesn't feel like a moment where he's preaching love <laughs> you know um, so that part kind of trips me up a little bit but I still think he's making his point ultimately so I'm just kind of at odds fit in that way it feels like he almost gets angry and then you'd picture him being like but I love you <laughs> And you're like, are you repressing some shit? Yeah. Like, is this going to be like, in, you're going to go home and rip the head off a teddy bear kind of thing? Oh, the graduation bear. Oh, no. No. <laughs> I should have picked a different example. <laughs> I can't get that image out of my head now. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, I feel like that would be a painting somebody could make and people would just like lose their minds over it. Yeah, somebody, one of our fans should do that for the record. I need to learn how to draw so I can do I have the image in my head now of like the full shot of Kanye standing there and how he'd be ripping the head off the bear. Ooh. Mm. Okay. But that's, that's, your, that's the area for you. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna go with oh fuck this is hard the first time I heard the song the thing this might be a little bit of a cop out too but it was just a I feel an obligation to show people new ideas uh, and if you want to hear them there go two right here and it just seemed like one idea yeah with the make America great again hats and I was just left going but what's the second idea Kanye but what's the second idea Hey, man. Um, so that left me going like, huh. But I think we figured out where the second one comes in. Yeah, there's just a little nuance to the way he describes the new direction. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite line? I love that image of um, the hat sitting in the closet for a year and a half. Just that, that the fact that he puts an image to the way he felt, that he was literally hiding part of himself and hiding everything he had fought for his entire career to be someone different who went against the grain, who did things people couldn't tell to do. The fact that he, you know, kept the hat in a closet and just like uh, would walk by it once in a while and like see the red glow from like deep behind like a bunch of shirts or something like and just remember that he's hiding himself. I, I love that idea. I love how you describe it. Thank you. It's almost like I'm a writer. Yeah, right? After we finish the podcast, could you just call me and describe it for about, <laughs> I don't know, another two to three hours? Yeah. Just sit there. I'll, I'll put you to bed. <laughs> Perfect. Um, my favorite one was your Wait, Kanye, what? Uh, like, is it better if I rap about crack because it's cultural? I'm going to yeah. shoot you. Fuck your bitch. Gucci. And... That's more just because I, as somebody that really likes rap, it's always kind of, I've always found it interesting how concepts like that just repeat over and over again in a lot of artists. And that was one of the things that I loved about Kanye was that it opened up hip-hop to some of these topics that i didn't hear getting discussed in the hip-hop i'd hear on the radio right right um which is one of the same reasons i love the black star album because it's hip-hop with a whole different kind of uh perspective on the world and getting hip-hop to 
hearing the world and those aspects of the world through hip hop is really fascinating to me rather than just those topics, um, which feel so kind of, uh, almost cliche at this point, which seems, I feel weird saying that because to a lot of the rappers, this was reality. Yes. Uh, for me to call them cliche is just, I don't know. Being a little reductive. Yeah, and disrespectful to, like, their histories and things like that. But just from a purely, like, I'm listening to music (laughs) perspective, (laughs) it's just something like, oh, I heard that before. I heard that before. From a very white dude who hosts a podcast perspective? Yeah. So it's like, on the one hand, I feel really shitty about being like, oh, this is another song where they talk about that. Or just, like, anybody talks about that, right? It... Then on the other hand, that's that was the reality, and they're talking about reality. Um, right. So this is something that Kanye says that I'm like, yes, from a from somebody that has the privilege of just being like, I want more diverse art. <laughs> but it also gets at something that's like a very interesting critique of the reality because there are other topics that I think people could write about. But the same way that it almost gets at the, uh, we ain't left the plantation because black people all have to be Democrats, it almost feels like all rappers feel like they have to talk about these things mm-hmm. and not just the fact that, well, yeah, I lived in this kind of environment, but I also played video games all the fucking time and I'm just going to rap about video games, um, which I don't know. Maybe that gets at that conversation a little bit more. Yeah, that's really interesting because um, he's kind of is, is saying he's not just being limited as a human being, like he's being told to act a certain way, but he's being limited as an artist, which is probably like almost even a bigger concern to him. Like he tweeted out, art is the most important thing. Like we have to listen to artists. Artists can change the world. And the second you limit his art and try to put him in a box of what he can even rap about, like that's almost what rouses him up more. Yeah. Yeah, which would be why this comes at the climax of the song, I think. Yeah. Which, Fascinating. Ag- again, I think that's what this new album, like, I was scared for a little bit, but I think it's just going to blow our minds like every other album does. I'm ready, Kanye. <laughs> I'm ready. Take me. <laughs> um, There were a few questions that people had, which just like real fast. Do you sure. think Kanye, like Crazy Swami said, do you think Kanye uh, successfully applied a positive status to the MAGA hats? I wouldn't say successfully applied, but... <laughs> well, time will tell, I guess. Yeah, I think it's too early to determine anything, but it definitely changed up, I think, some of the conversation around it. Positive in the sense that if you look at it from Kanye's perspective of you know, the definition of love that more people are talking about it, that more people are challenging themselves to think about it. Like, I guess that's a positive spin. Yeah. Is it successfully applied a positive status? I wouldn't go that far, but no, it's still associated with that pasty redheaded motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. Donald, we'd Um, love to have you on the show. (laughs) Could you imagine? It's like an hour long (laughs) podcast and we never say anything. I don't know. I saw that Fox and Friends segment where he just screamed for 30 minutes. I can only imagine it go like that. That would actually be pretty impressive. It'd just be like, Donald, you could say as much as you want. 
<laughs> Tell us everything you know about hip hop. And Kanye. Just talk about Kanye. Oh God. Um Jimmy said, was this song recorded before a series of tweets involving the MAGA hats? Mm, or was I've it a happenstance? Yeah, or was it a happenstance that TI happened to be there for? Uh, according to T.I.'s Instagram post, which was the day before the song came out, uh, and the song came out the 28th, and the MAGA hat tweets were the 25th, so it seems like it would have been after the hats, uh, so T.I. just happened to be around and met up with Kanye to talk in person. And then Kanye put together like a very good-sounding song with the sample that uh, placed directly into what the son's talking about. Yeah, all in a day. <laughs> That's our guy. Yeah. Uh, Alex said, of all people, YTI. Is there a connection like Ye wanting to use Chris Brown on Waze because he was also a problematic celebrity? I guess Just, I don't know enough about TI to even answer that. Yeah, I don't. Last I knew about TI was trying to catch me riding dirty. <laughs> that was TI, right? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I should not be posting this podcast, by the way. What was the song? I feel like that song came out. I feel like he's had T. a bunch I's, of songs. T.I.'s like first famous song. I don't know. Someone can educate us. The The corrections department will be on the loose as soon as this episode drops. Yeah, I'm so sorry to everybody. Yeah, they know what they're in for. <laughs> yeah, we know Kanye. That's about it. We know Kanye. Um, Jesus. What You Know. That's the song I'm thinking of. Chameleonaire was writing uh, dirty. How does it go? Give me a little bit. Fuck. (laughs) Okay, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I could start to tell you. Is it that, like, what you know about that? What you know about that? Oh, Oh, okay. That's enough. I got it. You get it. Huh. Weird. This is bringing back a lot of memories looking through his singles. Mm. Um, I think T.I. was just there or wanted to come down and talk to Ye and they put this together. Yeah. Um, let's see. Dev said, does Ye versus the people offer a new perspective that his tweets don't? Mm. Yes. Yeah, because he's actually having a conversation we haven't seen him have one yeah he's responding to things that people are saying instead of just making statements yeah Um, and i think it shows that he is he feels a little guilty about the stuff he says like even though maybe these are ti's lines and like the points he's making the fact that connie puts it in a song i think is him like i hate to use the word brave but it's kind of brave for him to like put himself out there like that it seems like he's open to the criticisms as well. He's aware of them and open to them and wanting to put them out there. He's not uh, taming things down. Yes. Um, Malik says, do you feel like the song helped people understand where he's coming from better? And do you think it made more people forgive Kanye for wearing the hat, his tweets, etc.? Um. Well... Maybe after they listen to our podcast, it will. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there have been people that like, yes, I hope that this episode will make people be like, hell yes. Um, <laughs> well, there's some people that just didn't care. 
And Kanye's been making a note to acknowledge people on Twitter that feel that way. Like he retweeted that completely random guy who was just like, oh, I had a really thoughtful conversation about politics. Like, is this the Kanye effect? Um, the idea that people are, I mean, I don't know, that guy's attributing it to possibly being Kanye. Maybe he was doing that as a joke. But the mere idea that that could be a possibility, that Kanye is at least forcing people to maybe reconsider the way they talk to people from the other side is notable. Yeah. Um, I feel like over time, too, the song will have more meaning to people, especially as there's more tweets and more context that comes out. As is the case with literally everything Kanye does. <laughs> Absolutely right. Uh, and then Tony last name said comparisons with I'm not racist. Uh, I think it's flat out a better song and also does a better job, but still fails because the song isn't the place for a long winded political debate. Um, I listened to a little bit of I'm not racist before this, and it was definitely way more intense. Uh, but I only got like a minute in. So hmm. you'll uh, dress it on a news episode. Yeah. Yeah. On the, YouTube video made tonight. We'll get into that. Yeah. So is that it for questions? Yeah, I think so. And we got to rank the song, right? Oh, shit. Is it going into the rankings? It's going into the rankings. I mean, I don't think it should be limited to album tracks because at some point we're going to cover like all day and only one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've already placed it so I can give you some time. Yeah, you get going. Okay, so I think this song is fascinating as fuck. Um, I think it's really interesting. I think the fact that we have a Kanye song that's not part of an album, um, and it's just like, because usually with these songs, like sometimes the reasons I like them or what guides how much I like them is how they fit into the narrative Kanye's doing on an album. And for Ye versus the People, we don't really have that. All we have is the narrative of Kanye West, which is the most fascinating narrative of all, of course. Um, but it doesn't really fit into anything. All it fits into is just like the zeitgeist, like what's going on right now. So it's really just, it's hard for me to rank it against other songs in that way. Um, and it's not the most like, it's not my actual kind of song, you know, like it's not like, a, like an all falls down or, uh, I don't know, a, even like on site which is pleasurable in its own weird way like it's just kind of a it, it's almost more of an experiment than a song so with all that said i have it down at 44 which i admired it a lot but it's not a song i think i'm going to throw on very often so i have it right now nestled between freestyle four and bad news Ooh, which is a sandwich i would love to be part of <laughs> that is an interesting point for it that it's not part of the narrative on an album? Uh, no, just like Freestyle 4 is kind of a an oddball Kanye song, oh. and I think Bad News is much more of a song, but is still kind of in that stranger realm of how yeah. things sound. Yeah, it, Gay versus the People is weirdly going to, I feel like, become a demarcation point, where like because it is more of an experiment than a song... Like everything above it is like a song song. Like I actually do like listening to Freestyle Four. I think that song like sounds amazing. And Bad News is a song I admire, but isn't something I want to throw on. I love the fact that Ye versus the People is four spots higher than Monster for you. (laughs) 
yeah, you know, I uh, Monster is an ongoing battle. I feel like Monster has moved up and down my chart like every which way. <laughs> it's mostly because of that middle verse. I don't remember who saying that part, but it's mostly because of that guy. Ah, uh, yeah, I think he has a clone. <laughs> We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, all right, I found my spot for it. Oh, your top ten, though. Uh, okay, sure. It's, it hasn't changed. So, uh, ten is Blame Game, then Ultralight Beam, Runaway, Bound Two at seven, Hell of a Life, Hold My Liquor, The Glory at four. I'm in it. Waves at two, Lost in the World at one. It's pretty good. Mm. Pretty, pretty good. Um, okay, so I got it. At 35. It's a little Solid. higher than what you have it. And that's mostly just because I do like experimental things. Like the same the same thing to what you're saying. Like, I don't know if this is a song that I'd necessarily want to throw on all the time, but there is something fascinating to me about it and about some of the lines and how he phrases things that do make it more listenable to me than what I think I first thought so, especially with that beats. Yeah. Um, and then the content has such a connection to this time and place that it's not just, you know, you were saying that for you, a lot of it is judging or the context of the album, but this being kind of one of the songs that connects to the context of real life in a way to where it goes beyond the album into this meta commentary is very fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, which raises it up some spots and could continue to raise it more. Yeah. Um, if we like, like if the song actually has a huge impact, like it could go on to be like an important song for him. Yeah. And just as I like think about it more and think about this time and get to reflect on it a little bit more, it might have that nostalgia effect. Um, but currently, it stopped because it felt weird to put it above famous. <laughs> right. And I was just like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> um, so it's at 35, just ahead of coldest winter and everything I am. Um, Cause as much as I like those songs and find them emotional and interesting, I think this just has that little extra level of what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 10, I got hold my liquor nine i'm in it street lights hell of a life runaway lost in the world at five the glory at four blood on the leaves blame game real friends how many of us that's all i'm asking (laughs) that's a solid fucking list chris thank you thank you travis it's gonna be a shame to see hold my liquor jump out of your top 10 though in the next episode it's gonna be weird man (laughs) not okay I don't know how I feel. Um, so does that do it? That's it? Yeah, that went way longer than I thought it was going to. I'm so, yeah. Again, so sorry. I'm very, very sorry. Very sorry. Um, also, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, on second thoughts. <laughs> I'm going to take that you're welcome out of the closet and wear it. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, but if you, wanna, if you like our analysis and you want to... Uh, by the Yeezus book. The Yeezus book is a the first of its kind written deep dive into a Kanye West album. Uh, it's our writing, The Most Unruly, and Martin Connor from Rap Analysis. 
So you're getting a full narrative, thematic, productive breakdown uh, that also includes a whole bunch of insights into the making of the album and the tour and a lot of great things. Yeah. Uh, and it's more of a coffee table book. It has a lot of art in it. It's a it's a different kind of read. So we're hoping it's engaging and worth your time and money. Yeah. So, you know, it'll come out June 18th. Pre-orders are available on the KingShot website. Just go to kingshot.com uh, or kingshotpress.com. And uh, you can also find it at the top of our Twitter page pinned. Yep. At Kanye Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then if you want to support us, we have a Patreon page. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, leave us an iTunes review, follow us on Twitter. Any of those things would be very helpful. Yeah. And you know what? If you see me walking down the street, just like give me a cursory nod and let me know you <laughs> admire my work. That's right. Uh, is it a, a head tilt back or a head tilt down? Down and like a little bit of like a 45 degree angle. Kind of like, like I see you. Okay. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Almost looks like you're kind of, you get a neck cramp, and you just have to drop <laughs> drop your head and turn it a little. Exactly. Uh, it'll be clear. There's no misunderstandings there. Nope. Uh, well, thanks for listening. Yeah. Much appreciated. Oh, Stay- we also have two shirts coming out. Oh, yeah, more shit to plug. Go for it. Yeah, uh, two shirts, one runaway-based Uh, which is really fucking beautiful, and a Hold My Liquor. So you can find those on our store website, which is thrown.com. They will be. Uh, The Runaway one, I think, today or tomorrow. Whoa, okay. Yep. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for listening, everybody, and stay fucking wavy. Keep it loopy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.